You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. How's it going, dorks? And yes, if you listen to the Bad Christian Podcast, I'm sorry to inform you that you are, in fact, a dork. As in dweeb. As in nerd and not the good kind either. But that's all right. Y'all are in good company here. My name is Matt, and even though I am the guitarist for the famous rock band Emory, I am still a dork myself. So I know we got a lot of new people listening today, and that's because we're premiering a new track from King's Kaleidoscope's new album. So I'm going to do you guys a giant favor, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you that the King's Kaleidoscope song starts at 34 minutes. So if you want to skip ahead, fast forward to 34 minutes, and you can hear the song, and you won't have to listen to me and Toby and Joey talk a whole bunch. But thank you already for downloading this podcast. Okay, I'm going to spend the rest of this intro giving you pertinent information. Okay, so you know the Bad Christian Podcast is going on the road next week playing live in living rooms starting in Seattle on Tuesday the 26th with extra special guest King's Kaleidoscope will be performing with us. So get those tickets right now. You go to badchristian.com, you'll find them. We're also going to be in Portland Chico, California, and Sacramento, California. And guess what? If you act right now, the next 10 people that buy tickets is buy one, get one free if you enter the promo code BCPOD. Now, Toby said it was mean of me to offer a promo discount now after some people had already bought tickets. So if you think that's mean and you already bought a ticket, email me at podcast at badchristian.com. I'll make it right for you. Also... The pre-order for King's Kaleidoscope's new album, Becoming Who We Are, is live now. You can get, you can pre-order the vinyl, autographed CD, test pressing, tons of super cool stuff over there. Go check it out. Go support that band. You'll thank me later. One more thing. This podcast is listener supported. You can go to our website on our podcast page, and we've now added a place where you can contribute and pay what you think it's worth if you feel like it. If not, it's still totally free. No pressure. No pressure. Let's do it. I'm going to do the countdown. <coughs> Three, two, one. This is so fun. I can't wait for the Bad Christian Podcast. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. I'm not sure who that is doing the countdown. We'll get back to that. But we have a special episode today. We are in studio with Chad Gardner from King's Kaleidoscope, who's, who's trying really Woo! hard not to laugh at whoever yeah. that was doing the intro. Who was that, Toby? <laughs> Well, I thought today I would give a shout-out to all women who have been smoking for more than 40 years. <laughs> you ever see women that, like, their face looks like a cigarette butt? Oh, my they, I mean, their voice is really low. I should have done it lower like that. that hey, you know, better, you know, one of the only things that I'm afraid of, well, there's a lot of things I'm afraid of, but one— Like not getting to eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing I'm severely afraid of, um, I, I don't have a whole lot of fear, but, man, when I'm in line at the bank and the lady— two people in front of me has the robot voice oh Lord. i cannot take it i just cannot take it it is too scary for me it's like she had i guess cancer in her throat and now she has like a robot voice she's like i would like to make a deposit scary man well i feel bad for her too that you would say that on live air you know what i mean like she survived she's a survivor <laughs> And you're saying that you're scared of her for surviving cancer. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Well, that's cool. You survived being an asshole. Man, I can't wait for you to like be 
Do counseling with you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so very good on the intro, everybody. We got a big oh, show. Matt, Cha- you, we're going to be sh- we're going to be having we're going to listen to a new song from King's Kaleidoscope just in a little bit Dang. here. Also, we've got <clears throat> tickets have been on sale all week long for the Bad Christian podcast live in living rooms in Seattle, Portland, Chico, and Sacramento, California for the end of August. Thank you for everybody that's bought tickets. Yes. The ticket sales are going super good. There is one show that is very close to selling out, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is so that everybody will you know, get off their ass and buy those tickets. That's not dishonest, is it? No. You, you, you spoke the truth. You're just not giving right. the full truth. There is one show that is about to sell out. The There's more tickets available <laughs> for the others. But just in case that's can your city. Can I guess city, which one it is? <laughs> you can guess off air. We don't want to tip. I'm going to say it. No, it actually is a surprise, though. You you want people to not know? Yeah. You don't know? You don't read your emails? We were given the I was joking. Yeah. I was, I was going to. Oh. All right. Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I uh, just finished mastering our record with the engineer, and I'm holding it right now, and it feels incredible. Well, the funny thing about that is Chad came in here with the CD uh, <laughs> from Master, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to grab this and rip it right into my computer, and I realized, yeah, no nobody CD has drives. CD drives anymore, so I don't even know how to get it at all into my computer or anything. <laughs> We were talking about that today, how crazy that is. I, I literally was thinking back to the idea of, like, blockbuster video and stuff and how, <laughs> I mean, that used to be a Friday night for my family. Oh, my gosh. We'd go to Little Caesars, Pizza Pizza. We would go to Pick a Flick Video. And in the very beginning, this actually happened. We not only rented the VHS movie that we picked out, we rented the VCR, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, you still would come used in a bag. A VCR for the weekend. Yeah, it would come in a bag, and you'd get you you get like two or three movies for the weekend. You could keep them back then longer. And it, you know, dude, it's not you like know, I, I remember a family event on the weekend for us. We would go rent a VCR in a bunch of movies because we didn't even have a VCR. Yeah, that's what we just said. Oh, you said VCR. Yeah, are you? Yeah. Have you been listening? Yeah, that's the exact conversation <laughs> we've been having. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that part. That's great, buddy. That's awesome. <laughs> So, Joey, you've, you've never even met Chad in person before, have you? No, no, but what I see, I like a lot but what, in but pictures. From Chad, but from Chad, from your point of view, you really, I mean, you met Toby, you know Toby and I pretty well, but yeah. you don't even know Joey. I have no idea. Can He's, you tell, like, from his voice, could you guess, like, maybe his weight or something? Do you think you If could you had that? to guess. Like, just based on him talking, how much <laughs> do you think he He's smaller than Toby, for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I've act- Hey, I guys, know. I've actually been doing a lower carb diet and i have in, in the last week lost 10 pounds you can't tell thank you joey <laughs> that is rather <laughs> that's true that, that's sad when you lose 10 pounds and everybody's like hey man when are you gonna start working <laughs> toby do you always try to lose weight as it comes like closer to a tour i know i do that i start watching my diet and i usually dye my hair about a week before i was thinking about that <laughs> like i didn't intentionally do it because of the tour i just i'd gotten just like man i got to do something so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna just do kind of like a lower carb kind of thing and you know exercise more and it just low low carb just works for me and so i think maybe subconsciously yeah something about being in front of people and like moving to the left but my stomach's still over here on the right (laughs) just doesn't doesn't do good for me so yeah i I think being in front of people does motivate you for sure to lose weight that's probably why like stars and stuff are so skinny you know what i mean like it just any little bit of bulge in your belly or waist or anything like that is just it just looks giant in front of other people's eyes so (laughs) it's better just to not have it there but i I mean i'm still gonna be big real quick toby were you at blockbuster uh when ben huntington did like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life matt 
It, this is unbelievable. This is this another dead end story from the past that doesn't connect anything or go anywhere. Well, we were talking about Blockbuster. Okay, back to Blockbuster. Go ahead, Joey. So basically, Ben goes up to the front, and this girl is like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing? Blah, 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 and just talking so friendly. And they're going back and forth, exchanging smiles, giggles, laughs, and everything. And then he seriously, she she walks out of Blockbuster because she was in front. And she's like, okay, see you later. And Ben is right in front of the person that's checking out movies. Uh, the other blockbuster employee, and he he basically says, "Okay, see you later, bitch." And I looked at him. I was like, "Ben, what in the world was that all about?" He's just like, "Yeah, we we like have a pass. We, we you know." He was like really frustrated, but he was nice to her the whole time. I look at the guy at Blockbuster, and he is about to die because he can't laugh. I mean, he's got his Blockbuster shirt on. He's checking movies in and everything, but. <laughs> All right, so your friend said something funny one time in public. We, All right, can I, back to what we were talking about. Can I do a Joey about. impression? <laughs> yeah, I'd like ahead. to do a Joey impression. Okay, <laughs> thousands of people are getting ready to listen to me speak. <laughs> <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. Some people even support us financially. We're we're trying to get advertising. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do an impression of what Joey does in that situation. You know, one time when I was wait, let me let me get in character. Hey, hey, before let me you get in go, character. No, 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 let me get, no, 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 this is my before moment. Before you go into this, you just this, told your awesome story. Can I tell my before you awesome go impression? into this? I want to tell both of y'all that there are t- Matt. Did I ever tell you when I was seventeen? <laughs> my my friend Steve came over. I, I'm sure I've told you this. The funniest thing happened. He was at a sleepover. In the middle of the night, Why'd he had to sleep In the middle of the night, he had to get up, go to the bathroom. He went to the bathroom, and there was no toilet paper. <laughs> X3, X3 watch. <laughs> hey, I just want to say. What is in your brain? I want to say there ahead, is, you Joe, have an amazing memory for stories that aren't as good. I want to say that there are times when I carry this podcast because you guys don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> Okay, I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, there are times. Okay, but there are times. Okay, but we we've had emails back and forth addressing the issue of you telling <laughs> stories from the past out of nowhere that connect to nothing and then dead. What end. are you talking about? You so were where, where's that coming? You from? were talking about blockbuster. I no, continued the conversation. We, no, no, Toby used the word blockbuster <laughs> no, t- six <laughs> minutes ago, and then we started talking about living room shows, and then you went back to saying something that happened at a video store one time <laughs> that was previously mentioned that connects to nothing and goes nowhere. Chad, thanks for being on the podcast um how how much influence has bad christian had in the world and what is your favorite part about bad christian and what does bad christian mean to you when you close your eyes at night you made chad start texting during the podcast so chad what's chad what's i could your, tell when he checked out on the story chad what's your favorite song you've ever written <laughs> no honestly now you got no me idea. tell us more ben stories <laughs> i will a kid told him to throw him and he threw him up in the air and he broke his arm chad what is your evaluation of of the interchange we've just had with joey did joey's story lose you yes or no I just put our pre-order site live, and I'm just making sure it works right now. That's what I'm doing over here. So, yeah, I was lost. <laughs> all right, so, Matt, I know that we're not, we're not, you know, we're just all hanging out right now. We're not doing an interview, but I am really curious. Uh, Chad, are you really good friends with all those people in the band? That's like a lot of friendships to maintain. That would be Toby's <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, it would be my nightmare for sure. Yeah. We're trying to get our band down to a two-piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty close with all of them. I mean, we've we've been friends for years now, and 
and I, I do. Uh, we can talk about other stuff, Matt. But I, I, I want another thing that I'm pretty curious about is, I think there's a lot of people they've seen a lot of your albums on iTunes and everything, and so they're a little bit confused with why all this hype with the first full length Kings album. I was one of them. Well, let's get back yeah. to that, Joey. Okay. Like, again, we're, now now you're focused on something that's a topic, but it's just not to where we're at yet in the show. <laughs> okay, so back to what we're hey, talking about. Hey, it's my about. birthday in two days. Yeah. It, we're back back to what we're talking about, touring, <laughs> getting ready for tour. So, Matt, what, what do you uh, suspect uh, people will enjoy the most about these living room uh, live podcast deal? Well, I think the thing they'll like the most about it is watching us uh, crash and burn trying to perform the podcast live. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We've never done it before. <laughs> yeah. We have a hard – obviously, we have enough hard enough times with some technical problems and some members of Bad Christian often do bad things that make the podcast bad. Right. So when we can't edit those Toby's things – Toby's news. <laughs> yeah. So when we can't edit those things, those that might, uh, that might be a big flop in the living room. So I think people will enjoy seeing us fall on our face trying to uh, do this thing live is what I think will be the best part about it. Uh, Matt, so we had a, a pretty interesting today, uh, day today. Joey and I, we had a, one of our uh, higher-ups, really awesome guy, come to our church uh, staff meeting today and talk to us. And as, I mean, I don't know if the listeners know, but at least uh, Joey and, and Matt, you know that I've probably been on the side of a, more side of like a Calvinist-type mentality of God's sovereignty and being in control of everything. Um for quite a long day, and today, after listening to this, I might be have been won over uh, to God's sovereignty and influence as if far as control in Earth, in the Earth right now. I mean, I I, I don't know if that's necessarily Arminian, but uh, I have. Yeah, I'm just t- I'm not trying to be mean, but you did not articulate that well. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Basically, what you're saying is you have been won over that God is sovereign. But he designates his control to humanity. Well, what? Yes, I guess that's what I would say. Is like before, I would say God is in complete control. That he, and and I'm just feeling this out. So this is brand new live stuff here. I, I mean, that's why I, I can't even explain it that well because it's shocking to me. Because for the, quite a while I go, well, God doesn't need us to do anything. But today, um, I, we can say his name, right? Yep. Probably didn't matter. Yeah. Our, our good friend Chip Judd came, and uh, he says uh, you have to go back to. I think it's just a great point, and like I said, I'm just walking through this. I don't know where I'm at exactly yet, but uh, he says if you go back to Genesis 1, it says God uh, gave dominion. First of all, it says he made man, mankind. Uh, He made them male and female, and he gave them dominion over— I think it's Genesis 3, right? No, that's the fall. Genesis 1 is when it says this. Okay. And um, it says he gave them dominion to steward it. He gave it them to steward it, and uh, it makes a really—he made a really good point to me that I just thought was really awesome— God created the world, he created the heavens and the earth, and then he gave us the earth. And so with that in mind, to steward the world, we screwed up and have been screwing up ever since. So now that kind of clarifies things as it takes all responsibility off of God because every bad sin, everything that has happened has come from humans. So every time you've ever seen a sin, obviously it's been a human. It's never been God. So not only does that mean that, so that, that takes care in some way, at least a passive way of when people say, well, why does God uh, cause child, human trafficking right, and right. problems in Syria or whatever? Right. It, it's, it's, he's chosen to allow humans to have dominion and control the earth and all that right. flows the, from the but fall. But the question that can't be answered, and he admitted this, is if, if God has all knowledge, which we do believe he's omniscient, 
why would he give that sort of authority to humanity knowing that that stuff would take place? And that's the question. Yeah. You I just mean, he'd still be, that, he that, would still be responsible right. is what but that, anybody smart would say. Yeah, that would, that's, I mean, the same question is, is held as far as if, if the majority of people are going to be lost eternally, why did he even do it in the first place? And that's, those are things we just have to. Well, I mean, that would be the same though as saying, Hey man, uh, you have the option to stop breathing right now. You can quit breathing. It's going to be really bad for you. So I don't, I don't, don't, that's why that doesn't bother me that much. And here's what I really like about it. The the thought is then that means that God's also, his plan was, you're not going to be able to, I'm here. I'm, you know, when he's walking around with Adam and Eve or whatever, I'm here, uh, you can talk to me. Ask me. You can't do this alone. We're do, we're in this together. So what that means is after we have, you know, the world has fallen, that's why our sickness, death, disease, human trafficking, slavery, misery, pain, all that stuff comes in, we can still now access God and say, hey, listen, we're in real trouble. Please, God, enter in. Enter into our stewardship and help us. And that's what I thought was really powerful was that that allows, then that means that God always comes in on the good. You know what I mean? Like when we're asking God, you know what I mean? Like we, we are screwing things up. Oh no, Lord from, you know, I, I was lit. My intent was to live in perfection. Now here I am with cancer. God, do something good. God, please, you do something supernatural. God, please do a miracle, you know, and God intercedes in that moment. And that kind of clarifies some things for me. Now, like I said, I'm not totally there. And I, Would you just maybe say that's a useful way to think about it day in and day out at least? It's at least a pragmatic approach to how you have human responsibility when God's sovereign. Yeah, but then some things just make, I mean, like he, he gets really fired up. I mean, he's just like, I mean, you look at human trafficking, and if God is in control, he is a really messed up. Uh, God, you know, he he sees it from a very just look, like look at these people. I mean, look look at all the mess that's going on, and you want to say that that God is in control? And again, he is not. He does not believe in a in a God that has limited power. He believes in a God that limits his power according to the the power that he's given. Yeah, us. I would I would say an anti God person would still hold God responsible, yeah. though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. not intervening it if nothing else. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, that that's the thing, but it, th- well, the reason why I like it is it puts all responsibility on humans. Hey, listen, we don't, you know, you're not supposed to be this way. This this wasn't your intent. Your intent was to be perfect and loving and and grace filled and all this stuff, and you had all this stuff, and then you chose to do something else. I mean, that's what I thought was so crazy. Just even thinking about it today, it went from even if you don't believe in the Adam and Eve story, the the very next sin after what whatever it, you would call that, the first sin that is recorded that we know about is murder. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it got so crazy immediately and then it just goes worse and worse to where we're sitting here now, you know, however many years later, maybe even millions and billions or whatever, but, uh, you know, with just filth and sin everywhere and misery and sadness, which is, you know, bringing it up. I know this will probably be a little late when this podcast comes out, though, just the whole Robin Williams thing. Yeah. Did that affect y'all, you guys at all? Not... <sighs> I, I mean, it was definitely shocking to hear initially, but well, I thought it might would affect you because you you deal with depression. Yeah, I didn't know if that would like personally like you go, huh? I mean, but every everyone in Hollywood that kills themselves, it's because of depression. So you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, he's not like a special case. Um, Chris Farley, depression. Phil Hartman, he was murdered. Well, Robin Williams is a little bit more intentional of a. Uh, suicide than the ones that OD like Chris Farley yeah. or whatever. Although, you know, he's being pretty self destructive yeah. at the time. Joey, do you ever struggle with stuff like that? Suicidal thoughts? Yeah. You know, I just had someone ask me this uh Tuesday morning I was hanging out over coffee and uh my my very honest 
answer would be no, but then I'll elaborate and you guys would say, well, no, that's suicidal. I've never considered killing myself, but I've really, really hoped that I would get killed. Like I, I for sure remember being so low, not knowing what to do. And I'm driving down the road going super fast, not over the speed limit, but it's like a 55, 55 miles per hour. And I just want so badly cars coming the other way to hit me. Like, like it would be the I don't, best thing that's ever. That's really bizarre sound. I don't really see the difference in that and wanting to kill yourself. It well, because like the same thing. No, because I would never do it. I would never because do it because he it, was just saying he wouldn't take the responsibility to kill himself. Like he couldn't bring himself to do that. He would feel probably right. Too so wrong basically, there. if if I got killed by a car it coming the other way, I I couldn't help that. So that was well, basically I would still out of my control. I would still say I would still say that would qualify as a suicidal. Desire no, because sui- just, you just no. can't do suicide it. Suicide is killing yourself, not getting killed. It's one thing to want to be killed. It's another thing to think uh, about it, killing. That kind of sounds like splitting hairs in a way, because I'm just saying the f- somebody resorts to killing themselves because they want to die, which you are saying you have before. Yeah, but so they, they, you're, they, you're basically mean, saying wanting to die is suicidal. I don't see that at all. But anyway, so well, I mean that's kind of what suicide <laughs> okay. is. All right, I mean, that's almost the definition of suicide: yeah, just, wanting to die. Suicide is killing yourself. I've never considered that. I, I think it's actually uh, pretty insane to say that I wanted to get hit by a car. I'm not trying to protect no, my I reputation. Know. I'm, I'm just I saying all that suicidal. That's okay. the way I would well, say. Well, I, I, I mean, in all honesty, I don't mind calling it suicidal. I guess I've just never thought. I mean, think about it this way: if they had a commercial for Prozac and it said may cause suicidal thoughts. The person that took the Prozac and then had that initial feeling or thought, the feeling or thought they would have is, I wish I was dead. And then the next thought would be, how can I be dead? And then you may choose Yeah, I, I, I totally disagree. But that's the, take, the suicidal thought. Take two, uh, no, no, no. no. I, I, I actually am going to stand my ground. I totally disagree. Take two people that are super depressed. Take one person that's just like, I just want relief and I don't care how it comes. I want relief. I just need to get out of this. And if death is what it takes then that's what I want, God, please do that. And then, so then take another person and they're saying, I want relief and I will do anything it takes, even if it means killing myself. Those are two totally different people. One is wanting relief and they're just begging God, please do something, even if it means kill me. The other person is begging for relief and they're just like, I'm going to do this if if I can't get relief any other way. Those are two totally different mind frames. Completely. No, different. yeah, I, th- I think they're different. They have common ground in that they both want relief, they both want to die, but they're totally on different planets well, because I'll, one I'll of them is. This way. I don't mean to be insensitive. I'm just saying I, f- I find it profound that you, Joey, as an adult man with a family, have wanted to die. That's profound enough, is what I'm, the way yeah. I look at it. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just saying that's super profound. No, that's fine. And and you know? that probably lasted for. I, I've only felt that way probably for like two weeks of my life, and that's that's not. A day here, a day there. That's all, that. That was like two weeks in a row. So, um, yeah, it was a very unique season of my life. Personally, I had never felt that way before. Well, thank so. you for sharing that, Joey. Um, well, let's take a minute here and talk about our sponsor, X3 Watch, that we always talk about in the podcast. Um, Chad, have you heard of X3 Watch? Uh, the software? Yeah, I have. Do you use it? Chad's looking at it? porn right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, I haven't, but I do know about it. Uh, X3 Watch, Toby, Joey, and I use it on our computers to block uh, pornography and, and stuff like that. Um, and we find it to be super useful because it's like an accountability thing. And it's, we, it sends, it sends the, each of us messages if one of us goes on a website that 
is blocked or should be blocked or contains questionable uh, material and stuff like that. And I got Joey's report. Joey, I got another uh, one saying that you were on visiting a bad Instagram page. Do you know what that was? Yeah, actually, I couldn't get on Instagram on my computer. Uh, another accountability partner, Ryan, emailed me the same thing, and I just was too lazy to put it on the whitelist. I'm being honest. I'm not trying to dodge it, but that's exactly what happened. I just couldn't. Yeah, I, I think the main thing that I keep finding is there's websites and links on Twitter where I'm always looking at them, and it says something like, I think it's a really interesting story, but it's probably sexually related, and that's why it catches my eye in the first place. Yeah. And then I think, I'm going to read this story even though I know it's on probably a safe site. And then I think, wait a minute, X3 Watch will probably catch it. Then the other guys are going to see it. And then <laughs> it'll probably say something weird, and then I'm going to have to explain it. And then I go, wait a minute. Well, that is probably why I wanted to look at it, because it probably does contain sexual material, and that's why yeah. I wanted to click on the link in the first place. Yeah. So it kind of stops that whole process right in its tracks right there. And I just go, well, I just won't read that news story. Scroll on through the feed. Yep. So, But if you go to x3watch.com slash badchristian, we will not only – uh, give you this program, but you'll also get the new full-length King's Kaleidoscope for completely free, and the rest of King's Kaleidoscope's <laughs> releases from this point on. So, just anybody that gets X3 Watch, Chad Gardner from King's Kaleidoscope <laughs> will come to your house. <laughs> and he will do a private show. Yeah, <laughs> if you get X3 Watch it, X3Watch.com forward slash Bad Christian, you get it for half off. Yep, half off. That's for what we year, need baby. you to know. Yep. All right, let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Chad. We're going to listen to some of his music, and we're going to find out a bunch more all together about King's Kaleidoscope and their new record, Becoming Who We Are. One time, my friend Michael, <laughs> we were in the pool together. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we are super excited about that's coming up very soon is Joshua Fest in Quincy, California, August 29th through the 31st, and Emery is going to be playing... Bad Christian and Matt and Toby are going to be doing a little bit of a coffee shop type uh, conversation, music type thing, and we are really excited about it. Um, once again, that's August 29th through the 31st. We'll be there on the 29th, and there's going to be a ton of other great bands as well, including Switchfoot, Jars of Clay, Project 86, Family Force 5, Thousand Foot Crush, just to name a few. So you do not want to miss this. Nice. This festival is so cool. It's so much fun. Uh, just right out in the middle of nowhere in California, and it's just going to be killer. Tons of rock music, tons of fun. Do tons not miss girls. this. <laughs> tons of guys. Uh, Joey will actually be there, so you'll actually get to uh, – he's going to be doing Guess My Weight booths. Um, so that's going to be a tough one. But don't miss it. Quincy, California, August 29th to the 31st. Joshua Fest. Yeah. You can buy your ticket now at joshuafest.com. Joshua Great Fest. job on your live read there, Toby. Thanks, man. I loved it. And we're back. All right. Wow. Well, Chad, we're sorry that uh, we've been talking so much and you haven't really gotten a chance to talk yet. You guys are good at it. Well, Chad's not probably that bothered by it. It's just the fans that have never listened to this podcast that just downloaded it to hear the King's Kaleidoscope song are probably really irritated at hearing three weirdos. Who is crazy Hicks? That's true. Chad, how much do you talk in a normal day? Are you a big talker? Uh, It just all depends. I'm either pretty introverted and don't want to talk at all or i'm at the same time a verbal processor so wow I'm thinking that's an I talk enigma a lot. there man i know i think chad definitely qualifies as an introvert but uh he's you're just saying you but i verbally, verbally process. process a lot like yep. i talk with 
I don't have a conversation shorter than half an hour with you on the phone. It seems like. Well, I think that might be largely my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Is. So Chad, if you're so if you're talking, it's for a cause though or a reason, right? You're not. You don't like talking just for fun. Yeah, mostly I would say. I don't know. That's, that's a exact. Good question, that's exact opposite Toby. of us. We don't. We always talk for fun. Yeah, just nonstop. For fun. <laughs> it's like a. It's like a sport for us. We really enjoy it. So it really is. It re- I know there's so many people that think Matt's got a podcast now. He gets to do that. What What is a podcast? Oh, you just talk a bunch. Oh, I. I, I guess I saw that coming. That's exactly what he ought to be doing. Hey, we were talking the other. But, Matt, we were talking about podcasts and this is what we do. And, and I really did realize. Like no matter what, there is no chance my father can understand that I what I do. <laughs> no, he cannot understand. Like there's no chance he could understand that, that I would do a podcast. That I would spend my time. That potentially this could want you know we we would have advertising. This would be like a radio. He can't. He cannot comprehend it. We'd probably drive I think him crazy he can. too. I, I I tell him that in the intro a lot, Toby. All you got to tell him for old people like your dad is say it's like radio. <laughs> it's like they have a radio show. And you know how on your cable TV you have on demand? It's like it's like a radio show on demand. But no, country. no, but you don't understand. Hold my on. dad would go, "That's not on the radio." He said, "I can turn my radio on in my truck right now." And he would, <laughs> and he would ask me, "Does this job? Am I able to get overtime?" <laughs> <laughs> so, Chad, you just came from the mastering studio just now, straight to to my house. Here. I did straight over. Yeah, I was there all day yesterday, and then had to go back because there's so many songs. Took us two days. All right, so your new album is called Becoming Who We Are, and we're going to listen to a song in just a minute. But uh, let's talk about the theme of the record and what's really special about it. And Joey was asking about this earlier. This is actually your first full-length album that you've ever made, but you're a real band that's been around a long time and have millions of fans and are awesome. How is this your first first full-length album? Uh, we just have never had the opportunity for one reason or another. It just kept passing us by and, you know, it was really frustrating times. We've, we've gotten to do a bunch of EPs and, uh, you know, I was working for a church for the last four years. Uh, and so that's kind of what we were doing, leading worship and doing that and just never had the opportunity. And then I stopped working for church, uh, last December and I could basically do anything I wanted, and this is what I decided to do. So That's is, awesome. is this so, all original tunes, or some of it uh, hymns, like the ones you did on the EP? Or, or Yeah, there's a few hymns. The major- vast majority are original tunes. Yeah. Uh, there's only a few hymns, yeah, that we just kept because, you know, they were special to us, or <laughs> we had uh, just musically, they were really fun, and we wanted to be able to, you know, share them. So. And how many, How this is the most impressive thing to me, is how many songs are on this sucker how many tracks there are 18 tracks. wow let's just get into the the question that tons of people are asking us right now mm-hmm. you're on bad christian you're on tooth and nail <laughs> you're an independent band this is self-funded what's going on yeah people I don't mean, understand you know we've uh we have a very independent mindset and with this with this lp you know i've I basically was kind of on my own after, uh, you know, stepping out of this full-time ministry job that I'd been in for a while and wanted to produce my own record. It was kind of my dream since I've been a kid. Um, I always wanted to be a producer, and I'd been hanging around different studio guys and stuff for a while. And so basically just took it upon myself, like, I'm going to record this massive, Mm -hmm. almost like little mini orchestra I've got and arrange it all. And um, so 
we but produce- you still spend a ton of money doing it. <laughs> Not a, I mean, we did a pretty good job. It's been it's been hard. It's like we uh, we just hit up all our friends for favors, you know, yeah. borrowed all well, your you did gear, spend a lot of your money drum and kit, a millions you know. of hours on the thing. So for sure. But yeah. so are you? If money you're on tooth and nail, don't definitely. they pay for everything? If you're on bad Christian, don't we pay for everything? How's that work? <laughs> no, no, it's self-produced and self-funded. So we just been saving our, you know. Uh, money from the few gigs that we can do because uh-huh. everybody in the band works full time and just kind of like it's our little baby and we've just been you know really building it up and just taking i mean basically what we've needed help with is marketing and distribution mm-hmm. and so you know you guys were super freaking awesome with uh live in color and then we needed your help again with this one and then we also um hit up tooth and nail and they're helping us out so basically with with all that stuff, you guys are able to come in and help us uh, get it out to more people. Mm-hmm. So basically, the nature of your deal with us and Tooth and Nail both is that you are still, as you would consider, an independent band, self-produced, self-funded, and then we have specialized roles. Tooth and Nail does is going to do the distribution. They're awesome at that, and they're going to get it out in stores, and they're going to do a bunch of marketing and stuff, and we're going to do all our marketing and serve our fans and run this pre-order and do a bunch of stuff as well. So people are asking, what's, I mean, how, how is that? That doesn't make sense. Are you on two different labels? And to answer that, first of all, we're not anything like a traditional label. What we're doing is carving out new space in the music world where we're uh, helping our independent artists. We're partnering with them. We're not owning their music. We don't own the masters. And in this case, Tooth & Nail doesn't own the masters either, mm-hmm. right? No. Right. No. So so King's Kaleidoscope is not a Tooth & Nail band in the sense that most are. They partner with Tooth & Nail. They partner with Bad Christian and remain independent, and therefore the responsibility of their career and all the, the, the money and the money needs still uh, – still remain on their shoulders which has been pretty stressful because you haven't been working for a long time huh yeah i mean um it's been i would say it actually hasn't been too stressful based on just the other stuff that's been happening in my life this year it's you know it the record is kind of the smallest thing that's uh, been stressful. <laughs> stressful. Well, let me stop past. you right there let's let's just take a second here this is what everybody's been waiting for this is the exclusive uh, world premiere of the first King Kaleidoscope song. So if you want to hear it, this is the, the first place anybody's been able to hear it. So we're going to play that track. And then what I want to ask you about is what you mean by that. I want to hear about your year and all the struggles behind getting to this point. So let's play the track, and then we'll, we'll get a little more in-depth on that. Sound good? Yeah. All right, so this is a track called I Know, right? Yep. And it's your favorite track on the record, or you think it's the one Ooh. people would like the most, or how did you pick it? Don't have favorites, just felt right to be the first one for everybody to hear so all right yeah well Well, let's check it out here we go every day it does got chased the sunset sunset looking for a glimpse of heaven skies i've been giving a taste for something
my gosh. It's like, uh, Chad, I, I mean, I really think, I don't think I've ever heard someone who's listened to your music not be taken completely off guard. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think bands come along too often where they really revolutionize stuff. And, I mean, I'm not just saying The only that. other one I know is Amory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the new Emory. But yeah. no, seriously, man. I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Thank now, you. let me let me ask you this. You probably get this a lot anyway, but are, would you call yourself just a band that writes songs directly for worship? Would you call yourself a worship band? Like, it's, is this... Because I, I, I think Live in Color definitely, for me, seemed to be a worship album that mm-hmm. I kind of listened to for that purpose. I think the most helpful way for me to think about it is, um, you know, I think theologically I believe that every single person is a worshiper. You know, you talk about that all the time. And so to me, when people ask me that question, I just kind of go, how is Lil Wayne not a worship artist? Right. You know, like, and and, he just worships different worships different stuff. And in that sense, I'm just another, like, human that is a worshiper. And a lot of my music is... Um, to God or about God because he's the biggest thing in my life, and that's kind of my simple answer to that, yeah, I guess. And I, Are I, all I, your songs about <laughs> God? Mm, um, all of them have a piece of that in there, yeah. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Chad, but don't you think that some people write songs for the purpose uh, for others to worship to them, maybe even corporately? Yeah, I definitely think there's, there's a definite um, niche and... Uh, yeah, way of writing music for congregational worship yeah. for Sunday morning stuff, and I think that starting with Live in Color, we, you know, I had stopped working for a church, and so that was the first time that we could kind of do something different, and that was definitely a big turning point. And I think that this record is an even further turn away from that, and that's uh, that's partly what the title points to. The title points to a couple of different things, but you know, becoming who we are. Even musically for us as a band, we were always operating under the umbrella of a very specific purpose, which was to, you know, kind of rally everybody to sing together on Sunday mornings songs to God. And now we don't have that purpose anymore. And that's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. And so now we're just kind of getting to make art that's uh, just it feels more personal Um and you know less corporate and so in that sense musically it feels like we're becoming who we are a little bit more yeah and that's really exciting now chad too earlier you were talking about that uh the this making this record was like the least stressful thing and i know that some of that comes from your transition from working at a church for a while to 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 new things so what's been going on what what what's yeah what's been going on and how how has that influenced your lyrics on this album yeah um Let's see. I mean, well, I would say this time a year ago, uh, you know, just like the sequence of events has been crazy. This time a year ago, my wife and I went and did some really in, um, intensive marriage counseling, which was incredible. And God did a lot of stuff in our relationship. I think that God, you know, in a sense, that, that was the beginning of uh, a, a season of like a lot of hard stuff. And shortly after that, coming back to Seattle, you know, both my wife and I uh, resigned from our jobs at the church that we had met at, been married at, um, been a part of since we'd known each other, helped plant a, you know, a, a location at on a college campus. 
that was really hard because it's like leaving two careers and uh, your church family and home at the same time. And then I think two weeks after we resigned, my wife got in a car accident and hurt her foot real bad. And then only a few weeks after that, um, my father-in-law was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer out of nowhere and died 10 weeks later. Oh gosh. And wasn't a Christian at the time, but, um, uh, just towards the very end of his life accepted Christ, which was, you know, uh, pretty miraculous. And then sort of after that whole ordeal, which is just, you know, it's, it's like, we're already feeling like we're in a storm. And I would say point of the marriage thing, the thing I would, I would say about that was the cool thing is that through all of these things, uh, my wife and I have just, our marriage has been strengthened, um, beyond what I could have imagined that, you know, we, we could have, could have happened to our relationship in one year. Um, but yeah, after my father-in-law passed away, uh, then there was a so bunch. So that's, that's your wife's dad. He, yeah. he was diagnosed with cancer and 10 mm-hmm. weeks later, yeah, he was he, out of the blue and 10 weeks later he was gone. Yep. Yeah. So that's a really intense thing. I mean, just to talk about intense. that for a second, to, uh, Toby's wife's dad died when she was, how old Toby? She's 17. When, wow. Yeah, when his, when his wife's 17, his, yeah. her dad died. Dave, our drummer's wife, her dad died when she was around the same age as that. And yeah. then this year, my wife's dad died, too. Yep. So Toby and Dave and I, at least. Um, oh, it's all crazy. oh, wait, and Joey, uh, Priscilla's dad died as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and Joey's uh, wife's dad uh, died this year. Yeah, he wow. actually, too, right? We actually got a phone call on a Sunday night that he's being rushed to the emergency room because it uh, it was just too unbearable. He was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer Sunday, died three days later. Oh my oh gosh! My l- and and uh, yeah, Bridget's dad's was really really quick quick like that too. He died within a couple of weeks of when he had something went wrong. I mean, I I don't even know what that is. It sounds like too much to even be a coincidence, but it it's crazy. And being husbands of uh, t- to those. To them is mm-hmm. is crazy. So I, I totally understand. Yeah. Or I partially understand where you're coming from on that. So just that one alone is enough to be. That's enough difficulty for a whole year, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like any one of these things would be like that was the huge, huge event for the year that sort of shaped you and made you different. And it just seemed like they just kept happening one after another. Um, you know, and as that was as we were kind of like settling back into life after that we had started this entire record. We had probably half of it tracked with the church, uh, that, that we were at. And when I then resigned, it was kind of a, uh, a little bit of a struggle cause I was trying to, you know, buy, basically buy back the record so I could finish it. And, uh, they wouldn't give it back to me. And luckily I owned the name King's kaleidoscope. So we didn't have to kind of start over. And uh, that's sort of when we just launched into Live in Color, and we did that with you guys. And then, um, uh, you know, then we then we launched into, you know, this whole record, I, I've re-recorded and slash, you know, rewritten more songs and added to. But it's only been, I think, four months. So 18 tracks in four months. So I basically just dove into that, which, you know, was So, I mean, this is the second time you've recorded it. Yes, so that was another stressful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, my wife and I uh, were going to have our first baby this November, and he uh, passed away at 21 weeks. 
Um, and so that was heartbreaking because we were really, I mean, obviously just so excited to be pregnant and having our first um, boy. And yeah, we just, we had, we were, we went in for a normal ultrasound to find out if he was a boy or a girl. And there was all kinds of problems. And a few days later he had passed away in the womb. And so we, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite a miscarriage. It was, um, because he was, he was big enough that, so we just did a normal delivery and a normal birth. And that has been the most recent thing. That's, it just felt like every one of these things was too much. And that one just like put us over the edge. And I was in the middle of doing this record (sighs) by myself, you know, like trying to figure out how to record it for dirt cheap and hadn't been working in six months or, or something like that, you know? And, um, it just, it just was terrible. Um, and I think that, you know, once again, when I think about this record, it, it really is not that big of a deal. You know, it's kind of like, I'm sure you guys think about your podcast this way sometimes where you're just like, at the end of the day, uh, anything that we're creating in life, it's just going to fade. It's just going to vanish. And so, um, I think that this year God has given me that perspective and, you know, once again, my wife is the one that kind of came up with the title, um, for the record. I'll read a quote. It comes from a author called, uh, Frederick. I don't know how to say his last name, but Buchner or something, but, um, I'm gonna read this quote and it, it, it basically just, a lot of the record ended up having to do, especially the newer songs I was writing with, um, just about looking towards heaven and, realizing that that really is what we've got as Christians. Like this is the worst it's going to get. And we have, uh, an actual hope to look forward to. And, um, I'll read this quote says that you can be lonely in a crowd. Maybe especially there is readily observable. You can also be lonely with your oldest friends or your family. Even when the person you, even with the person you love most in the world, to be lonely is to be aware of an emptiness that takes more than people to fill it. It is to sense that something is missing which you cannot name. And there's a quote from Psalm 137 that he in- inserts here. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion, sings the psalmist. Maybe in the end it is Zion that we're lonely for, the place we know best by longing for it, where at last we become who we are where finally we find home. And so, yeah, we, we named our boy Zion and, um, you know, it was pretty crazy. My wife and I, we hadn't, we hadn't picked a name and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a pretty wild way that it came about, but we were just sitting on the couch after we had found out that he had, um, there there was before we found out he was, he had died, but we thought he was, it was very likely, and, uh, I just like, I just thought of like, that's where he's going. He's going home. We should name him Zion. And I, I asked my wife, Alex, and I just said, what if we name him Zion? And she said, uh, she had been thinking at the exact same moment. I, I don't want to give him any name unless we name him Zion. And so we just settled it. And then a couple of weeks later, she had like this, been reading this quote that I just was reading here. And we just it just felt like, man, all this stuff in my life, and I've got this thing that I'm working super hard on, like, 
what does all this mean? And basically, I want this record to point people to the fact that like we have a home and a reality that's so much bigger and grander than what we're paying attention to and all the details of our lives that we think about and that drive us crazy day to day or all the hardships that we're facing. And, you know, just where it says, maybe in the end it is Zion that we're lonely for, the place we know best by longing for it, where at last we become who we are. Like, that's heaven. And, you know, yeah, that's Chad, that, been my I year. mean, that is, is really difficult to listen to you say all that. And I, I just, I'm going to have to just thank you for saying that yeah, on on the podcast and doing that right here. Um, that's pretty intense, man. I, I don't, I don't, something like losing a child, especially the child in the womb or miscarriage is such a big issue. And it's one of the least talked about ones. Um, it's something that I never even understood or thought about until I was well into my twenties or thirties when I knew somebody my age that had it and it was somebody that was on tour with us at the time and they wound up going home because their wife was pregnant and I, I had never thought about it before because people people treat that issue so private and people don't even tell anybody they're pregnant in case they lose the baby yeah. and uh, it's just such a it just drives me crazy that people overlook that issue and and to hear you bravely say your son is named Zion I'm looking at your arm right now you have a tattoo with his name yeah. on there you love your son Zion he's in heaven now and you're going to go see him yeah Thank you for saying that and for, for not just, like, having it be a bad thing that happened to your family privately. I think that's – I truly believe that's going to minister to and help a lot of people um, that you'd be willing to talk about it to to such a large format. And I, I Chad, uh, Toby, and Joe, y'all didn't hear this, but Chad sent me a song that he wrote about this um, or to, to Zion, mm-hmm. um, and it, it just 100% destroyed me. This song is just, like – you know, I knew the story already when he had sent me the song, and I just—it was just incredibly difficult. And uh, is that song going to be on the record? You're going to include it? Yeah, yeah. We, yep. We, Chad, uh, like, that's just unbelievable. And sorry you had to go through that for sure. And I think what's so special about what you just shared is I get kind of frustrated. Like, there was actually a time, and uh, I love, love, love uh, the church that I work at, Seacoast Church. There is a there's a video that they showed and it was like a collage of all sorts of people that went through super, super tough times. And every single one of them was ending well, like every single one of them. And so then it got to the last one. I was like, Oh, this is it. This is when God gets glory, even Mm -hmm. though it doesn't end well. Sure enough, it was a couple that went through two miscarriages and then they got pregnant. And it was just like, man, can we give an example of someone who, is currently in pain, currently not knowing, you know, yeah. if God's going to deliver in, in the manner in which we want him to and still mm. say, yeah, but you're God. I mean, because I, I just think that's so yeah. important. We don't worship God just for the happy times and just for the times when he, he He blesses us. We actually see blessing in, you know, the pain. So I just, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that, man, for Thank sure. Thank you. Have you have people been supportive? Have you found people say it in sensitive things? Is what I've I've heard a lot of people say about when you have when you lose a baby that people say, "Well, you'll get another one" and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you'll been rare. get another one. No, I swear, I swear. <laughs> if some people say that, I'll try again. Well you'll have another it. one. No, I'm serious because a lot of people don't really th- have that approach. Like, I'll be with my baby in heaven. They go, "All right, well, I want a baby. Let's get another one." Yeah, I mean, people have been people have been actually really, really, really helpful and 
they've been super kind and encouraging to us and yeah we we've actually we've actually felt really supported what's your wife's name again alex did she slip into like uh depression or anything like that was just i mean obviously she was extremely upset but did she get super depressed no i mean we're this is only this is a this is like four weeks ago now this has happened so um no i mean you know that's the thing is like I'll tell you that the the most peaceful night of my entire life was the night when we went to the hospital to to give birth and we're just waiting there, you know, and Alex was just um trying trying to sleep, you know, and uh you can't I can't explain I can't explain that, you know, except for that I'd prayed so much to be able to have peace and I just remember just laying laying next to her and just feeling like there should there's no reason right now that I should feel any peace in my mind or my heart or my soul right now at all and I felt more peaceful than I ever had in my entire life and after we gave birth we got to you know see our son and just like hold him for a couple hours and it was by far the the best moment of my entire life and we we like completely realized that we were parents and it was just like euphoric and then you know when you have to leave him at the hospital and, and go home it's like it's terrible. Um, but I feel like it's still been that, that I think that God has just really blessed us with that and that it's so, it's so freaking hard and it's so sad and we cry so much. Um, and at the exact same time, I feel like God is really close. I, and I think that's because, you know, living on the bottom of, I don't know what living like at the bottom of your heart in some sense is I think where you see things the most clearly and you feel things the most, um, accurately. And I think we're sort of still in that place right now. So, so, um, we, we have a lot of listeners that aren't, aren't so sure about this Jesus thing. Some of them are professing atheists. So, some people are honestly in their hearts just calling bullshit saying, well, well, that's that's a great story that he overcame. But, wow, that's sad that he sees it as God and, and not himself. Like, how would you answer someone that says, dude, if there is a God, he sucks. Like, look what he's let you got, you know, go through. Uh, how would you respond to someone who's thinking that right now? Um, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, honestly, like. I guess maybe because I've never had an atheist friend that would talk to me like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would just say, like, I mean, I I guess I wouldn't try to... Right, like, here's the thing. Right now in my life, I feel like I have no reason to try to convince anybody of anything. Um, it, it It seems foolish to me to be trying to, like convince an atheist to be a Christian right. like and I don't know why that is I, I think I think partially it's because I just know that God is so powerful that I I just want my friends who aren't Christians or people who aren't Christians to just know by just being with me at, you know without having to have an argument or something like yeah. that and I think that uh, you know like people that we know that aren't Christians that have been around through the the two deaths that we've been through this year um, have mentioned that and they've seen that in us and they'll even say that they're praying for us even though we know they don't pray. And I I think that 
that's all it takes. I don't, you know, I don't think it would have to be like, so I, I that's not really a, a clear answer. No, but I mean, that's exactly what I'm getting at is I, I really do think that is, that is us as Christians. That's our strongest testimony is in situations like this when we just know that we know that we know. I mean, there's no reason why you and Alex should have had peace at the hospital. No reason at all. And you're not a dummy. You're not insane. You're a uh, intelligent guy. And so uh, that that to me sometimes is all we got. And I totally agree as far as convincing an atheist. I mean, sometimes I have to say, look, I, I can't I can't prove anything to you. All I know is I know. You know, and there's no way of getting around it. Which, that's the song I just played is, that's the whole vibe of that song is basically declaring, like, I know this is what's going to happen. Yeah. um, Even when I don't feel like it, because that's what faith is. And that's what belief is, is, you know, when it doesn't feel like it, we're we're trusting the gospel. We're trusting scripture and we're, you know, we're trusting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So Yeah, I think that we do not we get into trouble when I think you're right, Chad, when we start defending like like if like we have to put up a defense meaning that we, we it could be penetrated or something like that. And that's what you're saying is there's no need for a defense that you have exactly. ho- you have hope even when you don't understand. Even when yeah, it is exactly. hard. Like, and and it's, it's not like like you just said, obviously this has probably been one of the toughest years of your entire life. And it, mm-hmm. and it's probably not it's not over. Like I mean, you're you're grieving. You're going to probably grieve potentially yeah. for the rest of your life in, in a certain way of, you know, cuz you know, sure. that was your son and and so I think that the 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 truth in that is it's okay. We have emotions, you know, we we ha- we we are able to experience sadness. We're able to go all through all these things and our hope always is in the joy and the goodness of God even when we don't understand. And so I don't have to prove that to anybody. That I'm not going to ever convince anybody of that, it, and I don't need to. Uh, it, you know, like you, what you're saying sounds really beautiful is that that's between you and your wife. You and your wife have a peace and a hope that surpasses right. under, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to go move on now. To, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, it's okay. I, we can't make it's, fa- right. it's hard to move on and start making fun of Joey's fat after <laughs> after that. My friend Caleb, <laughs> one time, he, well, no, actually, he was in a band, and I went to see them. I think the name of the club. Uh, the, now you make Joey sound like a, a old Jewish guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, actually, I actually want to uh, thank Chad for calling me out. Uh, as far as uh, my comments on atheists, because I obviously don't think atheists are like you're so stupid, blah blah blah. But I actually, say that all the time. Keep going. <laughs> but there, there is a, a a deep belief of, well, that's cool that you have that belief that helps you through times of trouble. But at the same time, they're like it, that's it's not real. It brings you comfort, and so you keep gravitating towards it. And that that's that's really all I mean. Yeah, by the, that. Be, but the I'm best. Glad, de- I'm glad yeah. Chad clarified. The best defense is no defense. The, Jesus has got it. I don't. Yeah. I, I, my hope is in Him, and that's that's what's really powerful. I think. For yeah, sure. and then you usually say the best defense is no defense. Jesus has got it. F you, and you usually just say it though. But feel like you actually say the <laughs> f word, and that's messed up. Like what, the last part is what, just no good. What what is that for it? I don't know what it is. Huh? What is the F word? It's fornicate. Fornicate you. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys have you guys dropped an F bomb on the podcast yet? <laughs> yeah, we do. So, so it, we sometimes we do. do you it know the most countercultural it? thing you could do at this point would be to not cuss at all. People would freak out. <laughs> they, your blogs would explode. Ch- yeah, they the would bad Christian guys have stopped cussing. Chad, Chad is like one of the most. Uh, <laughs> he, he likes to go against the grain and think. <laughs> 
crazy things. He, Chad says that if some he would give a business all his money if they didn't have a website. Well, the internet is dead. I hate the internet. So Chad, Chad is his main goal is to be the hippest of the hip, like no, so far ahead of, of the curve that I just don't like even it. Have a I, like I don't know if my life is better because I have an iPhone and a laptop. <laughs> like realistically, I, I have no idea. I agree. I think it's not. I I actually think it is not better. Being connected to the to the internet, I don't see how it really helps you. I know people go, yeah, but you wouldn't know what's going on in the world. That's probably pretty awesome. <laughs> that that yeah, would be good. You know what I mean? Hey, Chad. So before um, the commercial break, I was talking about my depression. I really was curious because I don't get this opportunity that often, and I mm -hmm. really, you know, you do not have to worry about offending me in the least. So you don't know me that well. Toby and Matt, they at least have a reference point where they when they hear someone say, yeah, I wanted to die. I wanted a car to hit me so I could die. They at least, like Matt said, he's just like, that's unbelievable. I can't believe you said that. But Matt also has a reference point of, okay, I know Joey. I know who right. he is. I know his wife. I know his kids. I know he's a decent pastor. He's my friend. You don't have that reference point. So automatically, what goes on inside your head? Do you think, what the hell is he like? Do you think, man, that dude's crazy? Do you think, man, that dude just wants attention? Um, what are your thoughts? You know, I, honestly, I I'm, I mean, I, I just feel like Debbie Downer over here or something. But honestly, when you guys were talking about that, I just I had a family member commit suicide a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I just was thinking while you guys were talking about that, like, it's probably not very funny for people to be listening to this podcast to have had that happen, you know, like joking about it. That's what I thought. So <laughs> that was about <laughs> it. And then I started, yeah, that was about all I thought. Gotcha. Uh, you're saying that you thought w what we're saying and doing is. I just. In insensitive at the least, if not inappropriate. To yeah, totally. I, yeah. Like, why would, why joke about suicide? Because if, especially if Joey, if that's like a legit thing, you yeah. know what I mean? That yeah, that's so that weird that you say with. that. Because I, I, I guess I would have to go back and rethink what they were saying. Because I didn't even. It seemed like more of a yeah, articulate. I didn't, think, I didn't think we were making light of. of no, suicide. no, no. Yeah, I didn't think that. I just meant like, like arguing about what the definition of oh, suicide gotcha. was. You gotcha. know what I mean? It was yeah. like I was just like, okay, yeah, like we're arguing about the definition of suicide. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, well, no, yeah. Cool. Well, 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 you know what I mean? Well, like, can somebody just get a dictionary right, and right? But, but that's, 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 one, that's, that's where I would disagree with you on. That's what I, I love about that is that that's three buddies know each other, know each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The problem is when you don't talk about suicide, that's when it happens. People aren't talking about aren't talking about like Robin Williams. I mean, I mean, I mean, yep. Tons yep. of people around Tons you, of people and if you, around don't, you and mention if you stuff, don't mention stuff or don't say stuff like that. Stuff, I, like, I, you know, like today, you know, I was listening to Robin Williams' podcast, and he made he made some jokes about suicide. You just said if you don't talk about suicide, it will happen. So everybody that doesn't talk about suicide are going to kill themselves. No. you go, making fun of suicide. Yeah, way to make fun of suicide. No, I'm just saying we've dealt with I've written songs about suicide that have been powerful. We have tons of people at these living room shows. Come up to us, and, and I agree. If it came at, off at all that we would make light of the suicide, no. But I, what I would say is, if you have any feelings like that, talk to somebody. Yeah. Be open about it. Don't don't be hidden. And uh, I think the world is a, a better place. Uh, the more we get off our shoulders, the lighter we make things. Yeah, for I sure. agree with that for sure. Yeah, I think totally. that's one of the things that just, you know, especially if you're a King's Kaleidoscope fan and you've never listened to this podcast before. Yeah, that's all we're doing here is we just, we just talk. This, this is very close to how Toby and Joey and I would talk if we were just in the car 
driving down the road. Oh, it's the same. So it so that's the the, the one thing that we do that kind of is unique. Whereas most media outlets and shows, and certainly on anything on TV, and certainly anything that comes out of a church, would they you wouldn't make a joke about stuff, or because when I'm making fun, I'm making fun of Joey. I'm not making fun of other people <laughs> or suicide. I am making fun of Joey, and that is okay, right, Joey? Yes, it most is. most of the it, time, at least. It's right, but I would say, in all fairness, we we're a little more insane when it's just us. Like there's no way we could have some, because we, we joke around in such a bizarre offensive way when it's just the three of us, there's no way we could put that on the air. Sure. So, but I, you know, I, I would say that I've noticed sometimes that, uh, other people like you ever notice it in our Facebook box or, uh, something people, when they send us messages, they, they, talk kind of offensive to us yeah. like as an endearing way they're yeah. like what's up what's up dickheads i love your podcast <laughs> so chad tell you chad we es- we established that uh we're we're like the only if you want to call us ministry christian organization or business or whatever we're the only one where people will email us telling us the worst things about themselves to be a part of what we're doing <laughs> people yeah people people often message us and go hey i think i could really help you guys out I'd like to be a part of your team here's my resume <laughs> i cheated on my wife and then i did this <laughs> oh, <laughs> and we don't think not that's like good. and they're not bragging oh. i'm just saying but people like right, right. you they wouldn't have... typically when you're trying to get be a volunteer for somebody or do something right. lead with your worst attributes but that is typically what we see so we kind of count that as a victory in a way and they're basically and, they're basically saying look here here's what i here's where i came from here's my experience right right. and that's awesome that people can be that transparent with you guys chad do you think that like just the you know it, uh, it's like a cliche question but do you think based on this interview and stuff do you think that good art and music does come out of pain and loss is that is that a real thing do you identify with i that? think it comes out of that I, I also think it comes out of happiness i think i mean i think it comes out of all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. but yeah definitely um I just think that there's something very unique about, you know, art. You feel like you really work hard and earn art when you when it comes out of pain. Like it feels like more of a struggle, which uh-huh. is definitely what this year, this album has been. Is I mean, it's just it's it's come out of a ton of work and a ton of pain. So, yeah, it feels it feels like and it feels in a sense like we've earned it. And I know, you know, my reformed theology and stuff. I I know I didn't earn it, but that's what it feels like a little bit. <laughs> it it, may, it makes you feel more satisfied with it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so, what were you saying about your blog post, Joey? Well, I was just saying that um, I wrote a blog post. It's it's kind of just a fun little write up on where I came from musically, from listening to the radio station to my parents saying I couldn't anymore to to listening mm. to Striper, and then just our. <laughs> you know, gotten to hardcore than tooth and nail. And I really do kind of, I, I can't put a finger on it and it, it may just be a, a bogus thought, but I really do see, uh, Kings as just kind of pioneering a, a new season. Like I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it. Um, and some things that I wrote that I see when, when I watch you guys play on the, uh, uh live and color videos is, there doesn't seem to be an intentional drive for a particular image. Now, I don't think anyone can ever shed that drive at all because we're sinful natures. There's no drive, obviously, to copy. 
There's no drive to distinguish yourselves as something in particular, like a certain art form, a certain genre, a certain belief system. There's no drive to be someone who you're not. And, uh, you know, on top of the fact that it's just unbelievable music, man, that's just uh, awesome. Yeah, stuff, it, it so. truly is. The way I would say it's just it truly is original art that I've been always been really attracted to. And the, the primary thing that I'm attracted to is not just the orchestration and all the instruments, but Chad's delivery and confidence and performance in his own voice and what comes across through the microphone or into the speakers is just to me it's out of this world is something that uh even speakers and, and microphones can't even capture and i'm always thrilled and excited i've seen chad sing live at church dozens hundreds of times and so being able to work with you chad is an absolute pleasure um to be honest, it's also insanely difficult because you're insanely difficult. <laughs> you really you are. I, now I'm going to shift my tone here a minute. You <laughs> get on my damn nerves so bad. <laughs> I, I've, I've said this a couple of times before, but the three most difficult people in my entire life are, number one, Toby. Number two, my, wa- my wife, Bridget. And number three, Chad, Chad is Gardner. now on the roster. <laughs> Chad, is, Chad is so picky. Chad is so deliberate. Chad has such high expectations, and he has very little thought or skill of trying to, like, smooth it over, and I, I really like that. I, I mean, honestly, what you could say is I'm attracted to those people because they, all three of those people are insanely interesting and challenging, and I, I just I love all three of you guys. Bridget, I love you. Toby, you're, I love you. Chad, you're great. I enjoy working with you, and I, I even appreciate your difficulty and your uh, attention to detail and, and stuff like Matt, that. Matt, you realize that's why Kings is so damn good. I mean, Yeah, I, I do. That's what I'm saying. I, I really do acknowledge that, but I want people to know that. Chad will text me about the weirdest thing. That it means nothing. <laughs> and then I'm like – and he has such a strong uh, delivery and straight straight face about stuff. I, he actually makes me react and go, oh, I better do something about this. I better fix this. My wife does the same thing. Toby, same thing. I feel like I, – I guess it's just people that I, I either respect or something. I don't know. But I find you a compelling – uh, character, a compelling performer, and I'm thrilled to be able to work with you. It's it's worth it to me, uh, no matter what. So I, I love your music, and I'm I'm thrilled to to be able to do. It. I wish you could play the song on the show today, but can't do it. We'll do it sometime, man. Yeah, would you Thank come back you. on and do do a yeah song? totally. I'd love to. What else do y'all want to know about Kings or Chad? What else do you think the listeners want to know that we've left out today? Like, how long have you guys uh, been married? Where, where do you get your material? <laughs> well, just about <laughs> the record mainly, right? <laughs> it, it just the record date. Have we, have we hit the record release and all that stuff or anything like that? looks like the record's going to be out around October 14th, if not officially. The pre-order is live right now yep. at kingskaleidoscope.com. If you go to Bad Christian, you'll be able to find it very easily. Um, we're going to keep promoting it on our podcast and on all our channels, and we're glad to be a partner with you. There will be a store up eventually. Uh, with King's Kaleidoscope once this pre-order is done. And we will be your source for all the info and intel on them. They really, really do fit. Uh, with Chad being so open and honest about all the stuff in his life, it's just kind of a no-brainer. That's exactly what we do here. That's something that uh, we value very much. And, again, we just find really compelling. So thank you, Chad, for being on, on the show here. Do you want to hang in? We're going to do some news, and we'll be out of here pretty soon. Sure. Thank you guys for having me. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with news with Toby. Hey guys, we just want to take a moment to just highlight one of our awesome uh, 
I want to call him a co-worker here at Bad Christian. Her name's Jeannie Mitchum, and she does all of our photography here. If you love our pictures, she's taking our pictures, and she is world-class, and she's a traveler, too. So if you have a big event, a wedding, a party, something that you want to capture and make it look really good, make sure you stop by JeannieMitchum.com. Her fo- photographs and her photography her skills are amazing, and you do not want to miss out on that. Does she do weddings and stuff? She does yeah. weddings. She does portraits. She does events, and she will travel. So and she's located in Charleston without traveling, correct? Yeah, yep. She's yeah. Located. But she would, but she's willing to travel. How do you spell her name? Yes, J E A N N E, and then Mitchum M I T C H U M dot com. So Jeannie Mitchum dot com. If you didn't catch that, hit that rewind button fifteen seconds, and you can hear it again. But Jeannie, we appreciate everything you do. Amazing, amazing talent. And you have that's her photographs of us doing the podcast, and most of the other stuff on our site is her. And the blog images are usually her as well. Yeah. So my question is, why in the hell would you even think about going to another photographer? Yeah. I I mean, you look at these pictures, and in fact, would anybody anybody be that stupid to be like, huh? I think I'll shop around. I agree. Yeah. And I think most other uh, photographers are Satanists. Yep, she's yeah, one of the few true. that is not. E- well, if they're not a Satanist, they're cannibals. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, yeah. you want a cannibal taking pictures of your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. JeannieMitchum.com. If you don't want cannibals, then you want JeannieMitchum.com. <laughs> the choice is simple. And we're back again, part due. Back part again. Trace. And, uh, you know, it's been an awesome podcast. We've had Chad. Chad's still here. We're hanging out. But I think one thing that we all need. One thing that's going to maybe be a hope and a light for uh, tomorrow as well is news with Toby. Oh, yeah. Let's do news with Toby. Great. You wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Ah! You don't know where to turn. (laughs) You have your answer right here. Hello, I'm Toby Morell. This is News with Toby. All right, come on. Give me props. That was killer. That was I, great. I you enhanced actually, it. Yeah, you did. I I thought that was really good. Your, Thanks, sa- your sound effects were on point. Thanks, Do people man. still say that? <laughs> on point? <laughs> Yo, on that's point. on point. Uh, I used to have a guy that would walk by me in college, and he would always go, every time I saw him, I never spoke another word to him. He would always look at me and go, word up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so cool, too. All right, my first news segment comes from AP. Absolute punk, baby. No. <laughs> Bam. Associated Press. Associated. I know. It's a long-standing joke. All right. It's not a joke. You do believe that. <laughs> uh, woman, 78. What do you think a 78-year-old woman was doing? Probably just great things, right? You know, because she's wise. She has more wisdom. She's been sanctified. She's been sanctified. For 78 years. Just a, she's actually mm-hmm. caught with cash in her girdle at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel bad for this lady. <laughs> A 78-year-old Florida woman tried to fly on an international flight, uh, international trip from Detroit Airport with almost $41,000 in cash hidden inside her girdle, bra, and carry-on bag, federal authorities said. (laughs) A complaint filed Friday by the U.S. District Court in Detroit said that the Clearwater woman was trying to to board a flight to the Philippines with her daughter. She initially said she had $200 in cash, but submitted a form declaring that she actually had $1,200. During a search, Customs and Border Protection found $8,000 in wallets in her carry-on bags, $4,000 sewn in a cloth pouch, nearly $1,000 in in envelopes. She then (laughs) 
She then told them she had $3,000 in her blouse, $2,000 sewn into the strap of her bra, and then they found $21,000 in her girdle. (laughs) 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 The woman told authorities that she had recently, this is kind of the tough part, I, I, I understand her point. Uh, the woman told authorities she had recently sold her home for $120,000, had wired some of the money to the Philippines, and had planned to carry the rest on with her. But as you know, uh, you can't board a plane. We know this because sometimes, you know, after tours and stuff, we have some, well, I guess I shouldn't say it, it makes us sound like we're rich. Uh, back in the old days, uh, federal law requires <laughs> travelers to declare if they are carrying more than $10,000. So she had way more than $10,000. You have to declare that uh, or else you get in trouble. So I kind of – actually, I felt a little bad for her because, you know, a 78-year-old woman, she doesn't think you can wire that much money. and She thinks it would get stolen. So she's, you know yeah, – She thinks the only thing safe would be to personally take it. Yeah, you keep it under your mattress. She doesn't trust the bank, I'm sure. So Yeah, that's the hard thing, carrying a bunch of cash because, I mean, it's your money and then you feel they make you feel like a criminal. And as Toby said, I mean, we've, we, I mean, if you're on tour, sometimes you build up tons of money and there's tons of stories about people who <laughs> – carry cash i've come home from tour before and i pack i mean i'm the most irresponsible person ever and sometimes i've had to come home with a backpack with like ten thousand dollars or more in it and i mean i know people say why don't you deposit it but sometimes that can add up really quick just in a couple of days even if you do deposit it i feel her pain from the huffington post knife falls from sky into chinese man's head and and if, (laughs) if, if you go and look this up google it there is a graphic photo, which is very graphic. Some people get hit in the head with a stray frisbee, but some people get stabbed by a knife <laughs> plummeting through the air. It appears that this was the case for 57-year-old Chinese man, Yunzi Zhao. <laughs> don't ma- I thought it was pretty good. It might be. It might be right on. I don't know. Uh, the Telegraph reports that Zhao was uh, casually walking in his hometown of Gangyan, when he noticed a knife protruding from his head. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> so where did the knife come from? Apparently, as Zhao was walking underneath a high-rise apartment building, the, <clears throat> the knife fell from an eighth-floor eighth balcony in what has to be one of the worst cases of timing ever. Zhao said he felt a very heavy weight before bystanders pointed out that he was bleeding. It hurt a lot, Zhao said. <laughs> told the station from the hospital i cried out my head my head hurts but i did not know what had happened only hours after the incident doctors were able to remove the knife from his head and he is recovering right now he's in stable condition and recovering isn't that crazy i think that i guess that if the knife fell it came in so quick and the blade was so sharp that he probably just like ow man my head hurts but you know like i don't it, it wasn't like like if you cut your hand right now with a knife you see it you know it and all that stuff but i guess i mean and it went in deep I mean, it was in his skull. So it's kind of like, like walking around in the middle of the night and you stub your toe or something like that. Ow! But instead, you stub your skull into a knife. <laughs> <laughs> now, Toby, I, I thought that we had discussed maybe trying to have some topics on the news that were a little less silly. Do you have any that are le- a little less silly or have to do with a topic or, you know, like, Cole busted this my, news. My, sucks. I, I don't my biggest, mean to, my I don't biggest, mean to criticize the news. I, no, you know, I understand. I'm one of the well, biggest supporters. You, you probably news. didn't realize this. My biggest goal with this news is to try to offend Chad as much as possible with things that are serious and make light of them. Yeah. Chad, <laughs> so you think we should be a little more serious, obviously. This is a Christian ministry. We can't be talking about Chinese old Chinese Zhao getting a knife stuck out of his head. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Being yourselves. That's great. You're becoming who you are. <laughs> Have you got a news story that Chad will like more? Let's see here. I've got a news story. 
Hit me. Yeah, hit me Joey, why don't you you got you got a new story. Yeah. You, you you actually did really well this time with the the sound effects and stuff. How about you, how about a new segment? Thanks, man. How Thanks for throwing a bone, a, a baby. Piece? All right, so I'm actually going to read this this uh the whole thing and I'm telling I promise you you will not be disappointed. What kind of news is this? Uh, this is coming uh, from badchristian.com news. Okay, so this <laughs> oh, is the, the source is badchristian.com. Right. A reputable so source. So you're a live reporter right now. This right. is You're right. going live right. with, with this hot topic. You don't even need to know uh, the, the subject of this blog post. All you need to do is listen to this dude. In my opinion, Tooth & Nail ruined Christian music by allowing non-Christians on the label. And by the way, Emory gets toasted in this. By compromising the gospel <laughs> for the sake of greed, other labels responded by having Christian versions of Emory. I don't get that part. If you like that stuff, there is nothing but screaming and saying, I want to cut myself and die. <laughs> I showed a Christian store lyrics of the band, and praise God they took them out. If I had a store, I would read the lyrics and listen to it, and if I do not feel the presence of God from it, I don't want it. They should have stayed out of the Christian scene uh, by lying to people that they were real Christians on the label if they want to put that stuff out. Please get out of the Christian industry. We don't need you. Where's under oath today? A bunch of nothing apostates <laughs> that the label did nothing. The label did nothing to nurture them. So it's tooth and nail yeah, church. Right. <laughs> the label wanted to appear Christian so that they can make it. And when they became big, then they show their true colors. A wolf in sheep's clothing. What about the fruit of tooth and nail today? Is there really anything? None. Example, MXPX, nothing but tattooed losers that oh. are anti-Christian <laughs> and drug addicts. The fruit is people compromising the gospel for the sake of sin. Again, what is the fruit of the label 20 years later? Any revivals happened at shows? No. Where's Emory today? Blind people leading the blind for the sake of something that tickles <laughs> the ears with no real substance. I am sure they will continue to say smoking is okay and say it's your life, you can do what you want. In other words, the hyper-grace movement that is poisoning lives. I do listen to your podcast to hear, <laughs> <laughs> to hear the filth spewing out. <laughs> and, we, and we will see what kind of moot arguments you come up with to respond <laughs> I want to see how you respond to this. Will you respond with your typical vulgarity to get your money <laughs> and listeners? To get our money. <laughs> to get more money <laughs> and listeners. Well, no, I, what do you got? What do y'all uh, think? Can I go first? Are, I, I just want to say, uh, I think he nailed it. I think he's exactly <laughs> right. I think he, honestly, I haven't seen Jesus portrayed that way since Jesus himself, I think he was kind. This guy's nailed it. Yeah. I, I think. I think you know he's gracious. I mean, he didn't didn't seem hate filled. He didn't seem angry. <laughs> he seemed like loving, caring, and honestly, humble I, as yeah, all get out. I think that he actually really did a lot of study and yeah. detective work and Careful. found out everything yeah. about every and single like band. And like Paul told Timothy, he was able to gently instruct us so that we may turn from our way. Like now, we really do want to think about what yeah. he says. I think he's right. <laughs> I think he's right. From this guy alone, I know what I need to do. I need to go out and yell at every person that I see of how they're just miserable, terrible, awful, awful, and then they're going to be, <laughs> be like me. My favorite part about it was what he said about Emory and their lyrics were all about, I'm just going to cut myself now. <laughs> I love He was so mad. He was furious. <laughs> I love the tattoo loser part about MXPX. They're nothing tattoo but a bunch. Losers so definitely call people losers. But, hey, you know what? 
uh, friend. I'm what not going to. What was his goal of writing that? Like, what's the actual goal? I think he's just showing no, no, no. out. I, I'm going to showing out. No, I don't think so. I think he believes it's right. I think he believes he's got to do that. Now, misled, yes, but friend, we do love you. Uh, we, it, it's it's hard not to be a little frustrated when we see this sort of thing, just because we don't think it's helpful. We don't well, think it's what Jesus wants us to do, and we don't think you're building up the church. I'd like, but well, we do love it. Second, I hope I'm wrong, but I would like to just say, I guess, I would say single, late teens, early 20s, uh, <laughs> looks, at, look, looks at porn, uh, and, 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 oh and, my if gosh. He, and if, probably still lives with his parents. Yeah, I think he's not. Yeah, I think he's a- late, late angry, 30s. Angry gamer. Parents, yeah. Angry gamer. <laughs> the best part is he goes, you're part of a hyper grace movement that is poisoning lives. I do listen to your podcast. I love to <laughs> listen to the podcast to hear the filth hear the that the you filth. spew. Yeah, that's the good part. <laughs> it would be awesome to have him like, like what's the uh, movie Raiders, the Christian, you know, that rate movies like. Uh, oh, get, plugged in. Yeah, yeah. With we should get him just to write. <laughs> Right. Re- why not to write reviews to of our show. podcast? Yeah. Like, here's where they say a bad word. Yeah, here's where they do that. Hey, fi- <laughs> hey, feel free, feel free to email us with your review on each podcast episode, and I promise we will post at least a couple of them. So the problem is now what he's doing is contributing to us getting rich off of filth for giving this us this gym material yeah. to use during the podcast. So now he is contributing to the filth spewing by giving us such awesome content. It was all a conspiracy, tooth and nail. Yeah. Everything has been a conspiracy just to get money. <laughs> well, how about another story from Toby? You got another one before we go? Yes, I do. What do you want? Uh, Give us one more. You want something spacey or you want something? I want football, uh, baby. Football. S- spooky. Football. I want spacey. I want football. Obviously. Have you got a football story? Oh, I wish I did. Hey, Matt, do you think Clemson's going to beat Georgia at Georgia? Let's go with the spacey story. All right, spacey story. UFO sighting, giant triangular shaped object spotted hovering over Germany. This comes from International Business Times. Um, In a strange sighting, an unidentified flying object was spotted hovering over the skies of Germany. The triangle-shaped giant object was spotted over Castle, Germany. The object was captured in a 37-second video by a witness who was shooting a video of kids playing. It was later uploaded to the video, uh, (coughs) uploaded to to YouTube. This triangle UFO was recently seen, and it closely resembles... Uh, T, a TR3B. The fact that the person blurred out the face of the kid and didn't get the UFO dead center is what causes me to believe it's real. Also, the lighting and shading of the UFO matches that of the trees and the bars in the jungle gym, said Scott Waring of UFO Sightings Daily. So basically, this uh, guy captured 37 seconds of a triangular-shaped UFO, and they show a picture of it in this article. Um, what do you guys think about that? Now, Joey, I know Wait you— Wait a second. So the guy that confirmed this most likely a real UFO works for UFO sightings daily? Right. That's his job. Okay. All right. Well, let's let Chad weigh in. Chad, what's the deal with UFOs? I have no idea. <laughs> have you ever seen one, Chad? Uh, No. Could there be UFOs, aliens, over here? Sure. Would, is is it no inappropriate idea. to make fun of UFOs and aliens? <laughs> <laughs> aliens have feelings, guys. You need to watch it. <laughs> hey, FYI, I'm not weighing in, man, because I'm just not in the mood to be heckled at 
10:46 p.m. Joe, Joe, no, real quickly, you won't be heckled. You have you have one. What Joey one minute. would say, I know exactly what he would say. Go, there's actually a Christian author that says the Nephilim crossed with the no, so-and-so. No, I wasn't and even going to go there. Could be I UFOs, but actually, it's part of the thing, and then you could read it for in Genesis. And there's actually an interesting book about it. No, all I'm saying <laughs> is people have been sa- seeing the same things all throughout history. You can go to ancient caves and see things that are for sure thousands of years ago and they resemble the same sorts of things that people are seeing now and there's no explanation for that and there's all sorts of commonalities between ufo sightings now let's face it 90 percent of them are bogus but there's 10 percent which represents hundreds of thousands uh that basically you you can't discount so i believe that you're saying there's hundreds of thousands of ufo sightings that can't be discounted <laughs> um maybe tens of thousands but it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that can't be discounted here's the thing is i i believe it's kind of an open door to the spiritual realm i believe that uh it's satanic it's angelic uh, people have seen ufos so you don't believe at all it could actually be just a real alien no i don't you don't believe there's aliens. There's not life on other planets in your opinion. I don't believe that. I, I, my faith wouldn't be wrecked if we found out there was, but I don't believe it. No. Yeah. And I think the reason why is I just, some people are just, why would the universe be so big if there wasn't? Because God is big. And I think that when we live on tiny earth and then we imagine, oh my God. I mean, you could also say the same thing that if God's, <coughs> God is big, he can make a bunch of planets because he's big enough to handle it all with yeah, sure. people on them. Or sure. aliens or whatever. No, what I'm saying is, don't, don't don't hand me. Well, it's so big. Why would God waste all of that space for for you know no? So one there are drawings in ancient caves of aliens. No, uh, uh, you UFO could draw sightings. Any parallels you wanted to, but people, yeah, people say that. No, people say, okay, yeah. So, well, this guy has 37, 37 seconds of footage, and UFO sightings daily has confirmed it. That thinks Dude, it's true. it our, is confirmed with UFO sightings daily. So, Toby, our friend uh, Ryan, uh, he was at Myrtle Beach and <clears throat> saw basically some crazy, crazy, crazy activity, and he he Googled it, and it was the same exact phenomenon that people had seen all over the world. And it was just like, I mean, imagine looking up at the beach sky. It was in Myrtle Beach on business and seeing a bright circle, bright circle, bright circle. And then they start doing like flashing stuff. I mean, that's sick, man. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, I do believe that there's some crazy And you think that's stuff. demons, though, not aliens. Demons are angels or uh, God so, doing so stuff. So your, is your thought that demons want to pretend or seem like aliens from another planet to trick us or something? I think Why that, wouldn't they just be demons? <clears throat> oh, well, I definitely think that you, there's... Do you think people misconstrue what a demon is and call it an alien? All right, so I, here, here comes the heckling. I do think that there is a possibility that there is a buildup of alien activity and alien sightings and sightings. <laughs> You're, You're laughing. You're smiling. Yeah, You're making laughing. me laugh. I'm trying to I do I, I'm be- trying to report the news here. I do this believe an interview. I do, <laughs> I'm being interviewed. Keep going. I do believe there's a possibility a buildup of aliens. It's, it says in the New Testament basically that the antichrist would do signs and wonders to the point of the elect being deceived if that were possible so he leaves it as a question i don't see why 
uh, people would be deceived and the Antichrist basically pulling all countries together, I think the only way that would happen is if someone said, I'm not even from Earth. I have actually created you. I am your God. And here's the proof. Look at all this supernatural stuff that I can do because I can't think of one human being that is going to unite Israel and all the Arab nations. When did but you? That, when did the you, aliens can. When did you get your? Uh, <laughs> when did you get your Kirk Cameron tattoo? Was that what year was that? Uh, I didn't do that. I was abducted by a UFO, and when I was sent back home, I had it. Angels, I mean, aliens, demons, whatever it may be. Look, you've People seen, are seeing listen, stuff. Listen, you've seen the documentary Men in Black, right? Have you seen it? <laughs> the documentary. <laughs> 